0: are locked on
1: wildcats
0: your daily podcast on the arizona wildcats part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: happy wednesday locked on wildcat fans i'm your host mike luke now joined by my mentor mr rob lance first of all rob's been about a week how you doing
0: Dude, like we said last week, great time of year to be a sports fan and hey Mike, we actually have an Arizona Wildcats team performing in March. It
1: feels feels normal. We're going to talk quite a bit about this, but you know, honestly, when I was going over the when I was going over the podcast notes today, I kind of scrapped them and here's why. This is kind of an unprecedented feeling for what the Arizona Women's Basketball team is doing right now. And honestly, Rob, it's different because when we grew up watching men's basketball and we're roughly the same age and you and I basically every fourth year, we expected a Final Four. And you know what? We were going to root like hell in between, but about every fourth year. And that was just a way of life. Women's basketball for the U of A is not something that has really come onto my radar until recently. And watching this ride right now, I can't really compare it to anything with the men's basketball team because it's just so much different. Not better, not worse. It's just different.
0: You know, this must be what it felt like, I would think, and we'll probably get into this more in like 85, 86, 87, Mm -hmm. before leading into 88 with the, the final four year, where you had a program that had had some flashes in the past, but nothing great Uh, of course you had some of those teams in in the seventies that went to what is sweet 16 or elite eight on the men's side, but loot took over a terrible program. And then you you kind of get the same thing with the women's team here where what three years ago, they only won six games. I mean, they, they, they'd been terrible. And now suddenly they're one of the elite teams in the country. You're right. This is kind of unprecedented. This, this program had kind of been a bit of an afterthought, I think for a lot of people in Tucson. But over the last two or three years, it's really picked up a lot of momentum, Mike. I think not only because they're winning games, but I think that just the outreach in the community has been second to none coming out of McHale Center.
1: Adia Barnes understands it. Whatever that it is, the proverbial it that people like to point to, she gets it. And when I'm watching this team right now, and we're going to go into some of your comparisons, smart man right there, Rob, because I believe that uh, you're onto something there. But when I watch her, there is—and my mother made this point as well—and our good friend John Schuster, there is a cool confidence about her. Now she'll get in, you know, one of her uh, one of her players' faces, but she never loses her temper. She never goes outwardly crazy, and her team totally responds to everything that she puts out there, Rob.
0: I think you're right there. I think you you go with the Coolcom collection, and you see how her players reacted to her last night. I mean, the hug between she and McDonald was just—it's mm-hmm. one of those goosebump moments that I think you're going to replay for a long, long time. Um, those two have have built the program, and I think that the team really takes on Adia's persona. I think you hit the nail on the head. She's one cool customer. She she's you know she was a very successful player. But I think that she's gone through, she hasn't seen, she's seen a lot in her career that I don't think that too much, you know, gets, gets too much gets to her. Really. She kind of just is that one cool customer that, uh, that kind of is very confident in, in how she wants to approach her coaching. And I think that spills over into her team.
1: Watching that game last night. And again, I'm, I'm, Rob and I aren't going to blow smoke at you. It's not like we've been watching the team all season. So we're, we're very much novices in this regard as probably anybody, most people out there listening are. And the one thing, though, that I noticed, and it's hard to really, it's hard to really characterize. Even when Indiana was making those runs against Arizona, I wasn't too worried because it just felt like Arizona was a better team. And where I'm going with that, Rob, is it didn't feel fluky at all. It felt like Arizona is the better team, and you know what? They deserve to be in the Final Four here. I think that
0: they they've shown that over the last probably two. Se- it would have been great to see what they could have done last year. Mm-hmm. Also, Mike, I think right. that they could have made a deep run last year as well. So it's good to see them get a chance to do this. This this has been coming for a while. Where uh, I think that they've been. Let's face it, the Pac-12. In women's basketball is, is one of the better conferences, mm-hmm. and so for Arizona to only be a five-loss team this year, they they've played some really really tough opponents, and I don't think that going into March that phased them at all. You're facing against other you know top twenty-five teams. Well, week in and week out, Arizona was playing a lot of those other top twenty-five teams, and and Stanford and in UCLA, and, and some of those other programs that have been perennial powerhouses um here in the conference and and now you can put arizona right there i, I was with you i was watching I was flipping back and forth between the men's tournament and, and the arizona game but it, i think you're right you kind of always got that feeling that while indiana was kind of hanging around arizona was always in control could always get a stop when they needed to always seemed to get a bucket when they needed to and in the end won pretty comfortably
1: when i When I watch Adia Barnes, and I think what's exciting for Arizona fans, and I'm going to get your thoughts on this uh, coming up in a minute, when I watch her, I don't think that there is anything that is fleeting about what's going on here. This seems to be a program that's being built from the bottom up. And just like my mentor, Rob Lance, who's got broad shoulders, Adia Barnes is obviously incredibly in shape, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if she's consumed a built bar in her life. With Built Bar, it tastes good. It's good protein. And you know what? When Rob's done at the gym, I can tell you that he's probably consuming a Built Bar. Adia Barnes is obviously knows what she's doing, as we've talked about for this whole segment. Adia Barnes wouldn't surprise me at all if she's down in a Built Bar as well. Listening to Locked On Wildcats with Rob Lance. I am merely Mike Luke. All right. In Arizona, where the city of Tucson, where basketball takes a back seat to essentially nobody. No team, nobody, as we've seen. Arizona basketball under Lute Olsen was built in an interesting way because Lute comes in here, one of the top, at the time, top 10, 12, 13 coaches in the country, final four resume. And he comes in here and he inherits a dumpster fire at the University of Arizona where nobody really wants to play here. And, you know, let's be honest, he was really going to have to scrape the bottom of the barrel. And he did just that by finding guys like Eddie Smith, finding guys like Pete Williams that were really able to kind of put the program onto an upward trajectory. And then he caught lightning in a bottle by, oh, by the way, there's this kid that lives down the street from you. Uh, his name's Sean Elliott. He might be the best player in the country eventually. And so what Lute was building, and he was going to get the program to a certain point, no doubt. But that went from being fast-tracked with Eddie Smith and Pete Williams to being shot into orbit once Sean Elliott hit campus here. And I'm telling you, Rob, it's a little bit different how they got here. But don't you watch Adia Barnes and Ari McDonald and say, is... That is Ari McDonald. Is that Adia Barnes, Sean Elliott there, Rob?
0: I think that's a that's a very apt comparison. Um, you you look at even the timeline. What is this? barnes's fifth year
1: Mm -hmm. on campus? Fourth year, yeah.
0: Fourth year. So and getting to the final four at a right about the same time that that loot did. Um, and it took that one player where you're starting to build a little bit something, but it took that one player to just kind of push everything into overdrive and you're getting that out of mcdonald i don't know if you could find a uh, another basketball player men's or women's that's hotter right now than mm-hmm. than mcdonald and how she's been putting up 30 point games like you know like they're nothing uh in in the women's tournament but i, I think that also just that this is this is going to sound cliche but i think going about business the right way mm-hmm. also where where you're you're building it i mean Barnes has put in the work. She's grinding out these, these recruiting battles, and she's finding players that fit her program and that, and that are getting that buy-in. Um, again, it sounds cliche because you see these, these themed T-shirts that all these different uh, different teams wear, but the ones they had on last night, Mike, what did they say? Culture. Yep. And I, I think that's one of the top words that you could say about trying to build a program. And what you've seen from Arizona women's basketball is they're building a culture, not just on the court, but off the court. I have a lot of people in my life that that have tickets to both the men's games and the women's games and a lot of them recently have said we really enjoy going to the women's games a lot more. It's it, the culturally yeah. it's just much more of like a it, familial atmosphere.
1: Doesn't it, it feel there's, there's
0: more of an outreach to it. There's more identity um to it as well. So I think the culture that they that they've built is very similar to kind of what loot had in those early days. Too so so while there's comparisons on the court, I think there's a lot of comparisons off the court as well, just from from a community buy-in standpoint.
1: Yeah, you know where it also I think is fascinating when it comes to uh, Airy McDonald. Now, listen, when people talk about Lute Olson point guard U at the time, it's no longer point guard U. I'm not going to refer to it as that, but under Lute Olson, it certainly was point guard U. I always felt, even though Steve Kerr was the first prominent point guard that stepped foot on campus here at the U of A. The one that I've always felt made the school sexy from a perspective that, man, I want to go play there, was Damon Stoudemire. Damon Stoudemire was the first kid that I think kids, whether you were rich, whether you were in the inner city, whatever way of life, you watched Mighty Mouse and you're like, I want to be like him. You watch Airy McDonald, and I can imagine that there's a lot of young ladies out there watching right now saying, I want to be like Airy McDonald. There's a sense of cool, isn't mm-hmm. there?
0: I thought of I thought of Damon a bit last night when I was watching the game. You know, another name, and it's not an Arizona name that came to mind. And this is really high praise, Mike.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Allen Iverson. Yeah, where just, just the 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 handle mm-hmm. that she's got, the attitude that she's got, the tenacity that she shows. I, I looked at it and she hit like a step back jumper, and I was like, oh, oh, that's that's an ai move mm-hmm. that she had and there's a sense of cool about her that you don't see that often and and she's got it on both ends of the court and you could see how she would be somebody that like her teammates would rally around that a community could rally around too and that can kind of be that lightning rod to to really kind of you can point to or maybe you know 5 6 years from now where you're like oh this all started with with McDonald being on campus and, and showing that you can win here and you can be cool and you can get to the you can get to the league by coming to Arizona. I, I just I enjoyed watching her last night and I've enjoyed watching her on this whole run.
1: You and I came up in an era, and again, we're comparing this to a little bit to the men's game because, again, we're not going to blow smoke and pretend that I can compare her to Cheryl Swoops or, you know, whatever the case may be. And Rob's the same way. But you and I both came up in the time in the 90s where swagger, a little bit of an edge was a good thing with, you know, the Fab Five with Allen Iverson. And it's not that she's got necessarily an edge to her, but I think your point is well t- made, Rob, that you watch her and she's got a cool factor to her. And a cool factor is something that's hard to really, you know, put a value on until you see it. You either
0: have it or you don't. It, it's, it's, it's that sort of intangible. Um, you can't force cool, Mike. I know that you tried, I've tried, and we fail miserably. Oh, we do. It. You you can't force cool at all. And I think that that's either, you know, McDonald has it and it's just fun to watch her out there because it seems to come so naturally to her.
1: Let's talk on the other side a little bit about what Arizona might be getting into in the final four. And you know what? If you want to place a bet, betonline.ag is the place to find that. Come back with us. We'll try to help you make some money. Listening to Locked On Wildcats, I'm Mike Luke with Rob Lance. All right. The Arizona women's basketball team is in the Final Four and you are now playing the UConn Huskies. Now, just looking at some cursory matchups, I'm certainly not going to sit here and say that Arizona can't win this game, but UConn basketball under Gino Auriemma is essentially, let's be honest, it's what John Wood and, and UCLA were back in the day. This game is really going to show Arizona where they are at from a talent perspective. Now, you watch Arizona, and you know that they're obviously a top-ten team, probably closer to a top-five team. But in women's college basketball, you always hear the kind of the joke that it's the same four teams in the final four. Well, you could also make the case that it seems like it's the same team that wins the national championship or is in the national championship every single year. So, Rob, I go into this game having no idea what to expect, but I'll say this. Arizona, Adia Barnes, and everybody involved will know exactly where they stand in the grand scale of women's college basketball, and that starts, obviously, when you're playing the juggernaut that is the UConn Huskies under Gino Auriemma.
0: Isn't this who you'd want to play? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you kind of look at it, and I think that if you want to measure yourself against the best, then, yeah, give uh, give us the UConn Huskies in the final four. Um, this is the equivalent of like, you know, when Arizona, maybe if they would have gotten to their first final four was playing at the time, I don't know who was rolling in the, if you would have played like Georgetown, right. Or mm. one of those other biggies teams that was rolling in the, uh, in the eighties there um, 13 straight final fours, the, the undefeated seasons, the, the resume speaks for itself from Yukon. All the different players of the year. I mean, you could rattle them all off and and even as for guys like you and I who don't follow the women's game very closely, Mike, we could probably list what 10 to 12. Oh, for sure. Great Yukon Husky players easily. Um and, and that's not necessarily something you always think about with the with the women's game. Um and and it also gives you a bit Oriyama in my mind is a bit of a villain Um, in this whole scheme of things. And you kind of look at how they won against Baylor. And that just kind of adds to that villain Mm -hmm. mystique where they seem to get the calls kind of like Duke always seems to get the calls. Uh, But if you, if you want to test yourself against the best in the nation, then yeah, you want to go up against the Yukon Huskies. And right now I think that it's, it's a great position for, for the Arizona women, Uh, a three seed. Sure. You were maybe expected to get this far because you know, that's what the top seeds should do in uh, in the, in the, in the, in the tournament. Um, but I think that if you get to the final four, you want to be tested against the best, but you're also playing with house money. Uh, you're you're going to learn where you are, like you said, in the grand scheme of things, what sort of work you have to do to get to that level. And I think it's going to be a great measuring stick and something that, that Barnes and her staff can point to. Um, As they move forward, as they build this program, win or lose, saying, hey, UConn is the gold standard. That's where you want to be. And so when you can see that up close and personal, you can see how much growth you've made and how much growth you still have to make uh, to get to that sort of consistently high level.
1: And I think what's exciting about it, if you're a University of Arizona women's basketball fan is, and again, this is the first time in my life I've ever done this, and I think it's more of a uh, um, it's more kudos to Adia Barnes and what she's been able to do. But this is the first time that I've looked and I've dived into what are the recruits coming in, and she's got multiple five-star kids coming in. Uh, uh, Aranette Vonley, who is Noah Vonley's uh, sister, six foot three out of Oregon, she's got a top twenty kid in the following class coming out of. Uh, florida she's got the best uh, point guard in the uh, in the state coming in here so this to me doesn't feel fleeting rob this feels sustainable and this does kind of feel like we're as a community watching kind of maybe the inception of something that's really about to take off here i think that's the
0: excitement of it uh it's not fluky it's something that you're seeing the the kind of the groundwork the foundation laid of a program that could end up being one of the top consistently top 15 to 10 programs in the country Mm -hmm. and citing that's that's something that you know under under joan bombasini they had a couple good years you know the Chantanese polk years that 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 were pretty good sweet 16 years um the naya butts years were were not forgettable Uh, again to come back from what, three years ago, four years ago, winning five, six games mm-hmm. now to only losing five games and winning four tournament games or whatever it is, is, is something that I never thought we would see from from Arizona women's basketball, or at least not this quickly uh, in this sort of turnaround. It's been remarkable what, uh, what they've been able to do in short order here um, with this women's program.
1: Rob, uh, as always, it's great having you on. How about we, uh, what's your schedule like on Thursday? Maybe we do this again?
0: Let's do it again, man.
1: All right, for Rob Lance, I'm Mike Luke. Again, we know about as much as you do out there and we're just we're all learning as we go, but man, this is going to be a fun ride. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats.